It was the dark of night, and Jim Lovell was flying in the Navy. He was out over the Sea of Japan and was ready to land on his aircraft carrier. But try as he might, with his fuel dwindling, Lovell could not find the ship. After searching for some time, he eventually realized that he had been following the wrong homing signal, one that was transmitted on the same frequency as his own carriers. This one, though, had been leading him in exactly the wrong direction. He was much further from that temporary floating home of his than he'd thought. Having figured out what the problem was and being well prepared, Lovell turned his attention to the ready backup plan, a, a printed set of communication codes that lay strapped to his knees. Leading up to this night, he'd been frustrated by how hard it was to read the tiny print, and he had jerry-rigged this, this new clip light to augment the dim lights of the cockpit. So he plugged it in to the electrical board, glad to be able to try it out. There was a flash of bright light, followed quickly by pitch black. Lovell's contraption had shorted the circuit, blowing out not only his new light, but also every bulb in the instrument panel. He was hurtling through the night sky over vast waters with no lights, no gauges, not even a compass to guide him. He wondered where to aim and how to find his way home. This is the story that was stirring for me as I spent time in this gospel over these last few weeks, looking towards the beginning of Advent. Jesus' words today come first as an ominous warning, this, this forecast of a time so dark that the moon and stars and even the sun will not lend us their light. He cautions that in that time, the light will not come as we expect, not as we have relied on it daily. I heard this line differently here in 2020. I was immediately reminded of that Wednesday. You know the Wednesday when the daylight never fully filtered down to us because our air was so thickly choked with smoke. That eerie gloom was awful. It was disturbing. But what I hear from Jesus today is that that is only part of the story. I think too often we get confused and pulled into binary thinking, into the false dichotomy that dark equals dangerous and bad, and light equals hopeful and good. 
This gospel can be used so readily in that direction. That's how we employ this language an awful lot of the time. We heard it even in our opening collect today in praying that God would give us grace to cast away the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. I understand why. And I appreciate the beauty of these images. I also see the ways in which this teaching has become far more complicated than this simple metaphor suggests. To begin with, this language used without reflection can perpetuate the deeply problematic way that light skin remains privileged over dark skin. That pattern matters, it hurts, and it demands our attention. And even beyond that painful inheritance of ours, there are ways that this binary is leading us astray. I think some of this challenge arises because so many of us are, are fumbling our way through life right now grasping for a way forward as if moving through a starless night. In this ever-widening expanse of time that is COVID-19, there are fewer landmarks to guide us, and they look quite different than we remember. How we gather as families digitally rather than along a line, a long line of card tables connected and transformed for a feast. How we express care for one another by, by crossing the street to walk past so that we can keep our distance. How today... On this first Sunday of Advent, we won't be coming together for an Advent festival, all, all packed in, making wreaths and getting ready, but rather passing off the materials to take home with as little contact as we can possibly manage. In so many ways, the rug has been pulled out from under us this year, to time when it can be difficult to get our bearings, to know which way we're headed, to discern where to go next. And as much as we find God and practice faith in community, in the incarnate community of bodies together, this is a, a disorienting, sometimes disillusioning time. It can feel like the dark of night. But maybe, maybe that's okay. Listen again to the promise present in this intense passage from the Gospel of Mark. Jesus declares that it is in this very darkness that we are gathered. It is there in the dark when we have no compass, no map, no bearing at all that God comes to us. This writing falls into the genre of apocalyptic literature, which, as we joked 
at uh, Monday's Zoom Bible study can, can quickly conjure up images of a zombie apocalypse. But it's actually leading us somewhere very different. Apocalyptic writing is all about the unveiling of truth. This revelation may come at the summation of all time, and it's also being made manifest right now, today, in the midst of everything. It's always about both the present and what is to come. And here, the unveiling that I hear Jesus leading us towards is the audacious trust that the darkness is not bad, even though we may feel vulnerable there. His words reach me as balm, reminding me that the darkness is also a place of rest, a space of gestation, as within the womb or a creature still growing quietly in an eggshell. The dark is our landscape of dreaming, of surrendering, where we can finally name that we cannot control it all and we cannot do it all on our own. The darkness can be a place not of fear or threat, but one of absolute beauty and peace. This darkness, Jesus promises us, This is where God gathers us in. And so it was for Jim Lovell. He sat alone in his cockpit, racking his brain to try to imagine a way home as he flew through the night sky. He first contemplated ditching his plane in the freezing water below, hoping that somehow he might survive long enough to be found when the sun rose. But there, in the dark cockpit, his eyes began to adjust to the wide-open dark. And that's when he saw it. Far down beneath him, he took in a a faint glow, an almost imperceptibly soft green. There was before him a shimmering trail cutting through the sea. As he studied it, Lovell realized that his aircraft carrier had churned up bioluminescent algae, bringing it up to the surface of the waves and and agitating it so that it glowed. The ship had left it lingering in its wake. Faint as the algae was, he, he could only see it because he was in complete darkness. He turned his plane towards the faint trail, trusting that this was his way home. And even that last leg was hard. He did eventually find the carrier, but landing without instruments, that was incredibly difficult for this relatively inexperienced pilot. On the first pass, he was wildly off, thinking that he was 250 feet above the water and then realizing at the last minute that actually he was just 20 feet above it. He pulled back up and 
And the second time around, he came in far too high. Lovell ultimately decided just to drop to the deck. He slammed down hard, blowing two tires, screeching to a halt when his tail hook caught on the final cable that stretched across the carrier's deck. There, in the dark, he had made it. And so it will be with us. The promise is not that this way of following Jesus will be calm or easy or predictable. No, the the good news of this apocalyptic gospel is this. No matter what landmarks we can discern or not, God is present. No matter how disoriented this wilderness of a pandemic advent may be, God is calling out to us. And no matter how harrowing the journey home may feel at times, God is near at hand. Here in the beautiful, blessed darkness, right now, God is gathering us in.